Seasoned entrepreneur, community leader, and Army veteran Scott Shalom Klein, who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in America's small business scene and speak with leaders making an impact, creating jobs, and telling their story in entrepreneurship. So let's get down to business. On AM560, The Answer, here's your host, Shalom Klein. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts on my website at sykline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm super excited. Very timely conversation to have with the owner of the Tax Goddess, and that's Shauna Weckerlin. And uh, Tax Goddess is rated among the top 1% of tax strategists in the country, and they help folks save millions. Yes, that's right. Millions in tax each year um, based on a number of small and correct measures that no CPA ever tells people. And that's exactly what I want to talk to the tax goddess all about. Shauna, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me. I am super excited to be here. I love, love, love sharing some tax love. So I can't wait to dig in. It's awesome. And I know you have shared a lot of tax love on a lot of different programs. Um, Shauna, before we dive into some uh, advice, which I know you have a lot of advice, especially for entrepreneurs and small business owners that are tuning in. Shauna, Tell us about yourself. How did you become the tax goddess? <laughs> well, let's let's back up. I actually started off in astrophysics, worked my way to tax. It's it's something to do with the numbers brain. Um, but yeah, I am a CPA, master's in taxation, certified tax coach, certified tax professional, certified tax strategist. Which, when you look at the big picture, there's about 660,000 CPAs across the entire U.S. I'm in the top 15 that specialize in tax strategy. So puts us ranked in the point zero 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 two of all of the CPAs out there that do tax strategy. So. Congratulations on that. That's absolutely incredible. And, you know, so many of our listeners, I hear this feedback constantly, folks dread you know, tax season, which we are knee deep into right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's it's something that, that folks dread. But in reality, thanks to, again, your very, very qualified team, um, you have helped business owners and investors save, I mean, it is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, which is just incredible. So, Shauna, I want to I dive into that. Shauna, you are the tax goddess. Tell us how you got into this. And let's talk about some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Love it. Absolutely. Well, the very long story short, and if you want to read the full story, you can check out our book, The 6% Life. But the very long story short is my mom, my my goddess, was having a tax issue. She did not want to pay the IRS. And I figured out how to make her not pay the IRS. And so the title of the book, The 6% Life, for our clients, they have an average of 6.92% tax, but you have to plan in advance. And I think that's one of the biggest things that business owners and entrepreneurs miss, right? That nobody's kind of really worked with them on is if you go right now, you know, today you're working on filing last year's tax returns on December 31st, the year is over for tax planning. So at this point, there's a couple of strategies you can do looking backwards, things like an IRA, a Roth IRA, non-deductible IRA, uh, cash balance plans, these kind of things. 
But the really big, big strategies that will massively reduce your taxes down to that 6% level, those have to be done by December 31st. Absolutely. So the planning um, can really help you avoid all of that stress and anxiety. So Shauna, who does the tax goddess work with? What's the profile of many of the uh, folks that are that are sort of uh, ringing up your, uh, your, your hotline? Absolutely. Well, category number one is either somebody with a really big W-2 and their CPA has told them there are no deductions of any kind. You're kind of stuck, right? You just have to pay what you have to pay. So those people aren't very happy. And the second one, of course, are specialty business owners and real estate investors. So if you have a business or you have real estate investments that is looked at as a business by the IRS, these things allow us to deduct things like paying your kids, uh, writing off your dogs. Um, we've even written off a yacht for somebody, writing off your Rolex, these kinds of things. So being able to look at how are you spending your personal money and really get those deductions legally, of course, as business deductions and get them done properly. Absolutely. So, um, Shauna, so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs, small business owners that uh, many of them are, by the way, serial entrepreneurs and they're starting ventures and they're going in that weird phase where they're going from that sole proprietorship or maybe they're just really talented at something. And all of a sudden they have to hire their first person or maybe they have to sign that lease for their first office space. Shauna, what advice do you have on the first step that people should take to really start getting into that mode of, of, of planning that will actually save the money down the, down the road? I think the biggest lesson coming to mind is learn how to delegate, not abdicate. So one of the very first things that most people do, right? You know how to build the widget, you know how to sell the widget, okay? But there's only so many hours in the day. So people will either hire an administrative assistant or they'll try to hire a salesperson. Either way, as you're going into expanding your team to be able to make more revenue, meet whatever goals it is that you have to meet, what your take home is, if you abdicate your work, meaning you give it away and you don't inspect what you expect, your business is something like 18 times more likely to fail. You absolutely must keep eyes on what your team is doing. Now, it doesn't have to be micromanaging, but if you're not inspecting what you're expecting and you're abdicating, you're giving away that work versus actually properly delegating it and checking on it, you will lose control and something will go wrong. That That's huge. That's very, very helpful. And what I want to do now is as we talk about tax season and as we talk about the season that we're in right now, obviously, we're having this conversation in the uh, tail end of the first ca- uh, quarter of the calendar year of 2024. A lot of things tend to change in the tax code and tend to change in the in the regulatory environment. Um, Shauna, I, I've said this so many times on this program that the reason why entrepreneurs, business owners in particular, no matter how small, they need to hire and surround themselves with folks that do things better than they do. You focus on selling your widgets (laughs) and uh, you you turn to the tax goddess for other things. So Shauna, what are some of the things that you're tracking right now? Some of the big changes that you've seen maybe this year in particular, but over the past few years in general? 
Well, you know, one of the biggest ones, especially for new business owners, is the purchase of any kind of equipment. So at the moment, literally as we're speaking, there is a bill that has passed the House. We're waiting on the Senate to do what they're going to do with it. Hopefully it passes, which will allow a 100% write-off for any equipment. Because at the moment, under the current law, the law has dropped from 100% to 80%. This year, it's only 60%. So if everybody remembers the Hummer law, when people were out buying you know, $100,000 Hummers or going out and buying those huge Escalades, at this point, if you're buying a $100,000 Escalade, you're only going to get a $60,000 write-off. So these are changes, you know, when you have an expert on the team, whether it's your CPA, whether it's a strategist like me, really what our job is, is to watch those changes in the laws and keep you informed on the business decisions you should or should not be making. So the the tax laws change three times a day that the IRS publishes updates. So if you don't have a team that has the bandwidth to do that and stay on top of it, it might be time to find another team. Absolutely. And so, Shauna, we only have time for uh, about one more minute remaining. And I want to talk about, talk about the tax goddess in the, in the firm that you've established. Tell us a little bit about your office and, uh, and what your New Year's resolution, if uh, I think I could still say that we're still at the end of the first quarter of the year. But where, where are you focused on uh, 2024 other than keeping your head above water? Oh, you're a sweetheart. I love it. Well, let me start with the resolution first. So up and through the end of last year, we saved our clients $1.2 billion dollars, billion with a B. And the resolution for this year is to hit that mark of 2 billion, right? So I'm working on getting us another 800 million in savings for our clients. And the team that we have here at Tax Goddess, so I'm lucky enough to be the founder and creator of Tax Goddess, but I have a fantastic team of over 93 people in 17 countries at this point. We 100% focus on U.S. taxpayers and U.S. taxation and really looking at how do we legally get you to a 6% tax rate. So all about the tax strategy, baby. All about the tax strategy. I absolutely love it. Um, Do you mind uh, sharing with our listeners uh, how they can get in touch with you and your team? Oh, your sweetheart. Yeah, absolutely. Taxgoddess.com. You won't be talking to me right off the bat, but I do look at all the things. So uh, you'll be talking with my team. We'll collect some information from you, figure out who you are, what your goals are, look at your tax returns, look at the trends and the history, and come back to you with what kind of options we can put into place for you to help you get this tax reduction. That is awesome. Shauna, the tax goddess. Love having you on the program. Can't wait to bring you back on sometime real, real soon. You've got so much wisdom to share and you share with passion. So appreciate you and your team helping folks saving money. We'll link in our show notes as well. A quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And boy, do I have a treat in store for you. I'm thrilled to be joined by the VP of Content Development and Franklin Covey expert. That's Corey Kogan. She's the uh, co-author of Project Management for the Unofficial Project Manager. I absolutely love that title. Um, and we know that it happens every day in the business world. Somehow we slip into that role of unofficial project manager, even though it's not in our job description. And chances are many have received little to no training. And then we are surprised that sometimes projects fail each and every year. That's exactly what I want to talk with Corey all about. Corey, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And you said that so well. Good job. It's uh, something I live each and every day. So this is uh, this is the reality for me. So when I saw the title of your book, I said, I get it. I get it. So, uh, Corey, let's first talk about you and your background, because uh, you're talking about something near and dear to my heart and certainly that of many of our uh, many of our listeners. Uh, how did you get into this world of uh, understanding and becoming so passionate about proper project management? Well, I think the answer is because I'm a scarred uh, unofficial project manager uh, through my career, so, you know, starting in sales and uh, training and learning and uh, marketing, uh, all those things. You know, when you think about it, uh, we as a, as a knowledge worker, if you will, I mean, just uh, going through my career, everything I did, I w- was was a project and. Um, so I got scarred a lo- along the way and um, working with Franklin Covey and their work around project management, uh, it was, uh, you know, an important topic. There's so much training out there, you know, for other project managers. So this uh, became my focus along with other parts of productivity uh, with Franklin Covey. And um, I, unbelievably, this subject, like you, your excitement with it has been uh, just really amazing to watch around the world. As so many people are like, hey, help me out because I'm an unofficial scarred project manager. <laughs> I love that title. I'm going to have to add that to your bio over here. So again, we're chatting with the uh, Franklin Covey VP of Content Development. That's Corey Kogan, um, the co-author of Project Management for the Unofficial Project Manager. And as mentioned in the show intro, research is showing that 65% of projects fail each and every year. So what are some of the common things that you're seeing, Corey, that uh, tend to go wrong with projects? Well, it's a, that's a, we could spend the whole time just on that question because it's really eye opening. Uh, I ask that question. I'll say, brainstorm. Hey, tell me. And I could be in Africa. I can be in the UK. I could be anywhere in the world, ask that question. And I'm going to get the same answers on brainstorming. Why do projects fail? Unclear goals, um, or expectations, lack of communication. Lack of understanding the scope, lack of understanding why we're doing it, wrong people in the roles. Um, uh, I don't have a, pro- we don't have a process. Um, the people aren't excited. I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and the key thing is it's the same list everywhere, which it creates a trend. And so what I always say when people ask that question is, imagine everybody has the same list thinking the same thing. And then we go to our team and say, hey, we're going to work on this project. And they're like, yay, really? They're not because it's like, hey, we're going to work on another project. We're not going to have clear goals. We're not going to have good communication. And I'm really excited about that. So long answer to a good question. Absolutely. So project management, um, I, I feel like we're talking about some of the things that go wrong, but what are some of the essentials of effective project management? Well, in this day and age, combining, as we did in our update to this book, combining the principles, if you will, of both what's called uh, waterfall and agile project management, not to bore any, you know, the technical details of that, but essentially it starts with this overarching mindset for project managers that project success equals value plus people plus process. Meaning it's not just about a process, which a lot of people think, and it's not just about people, but you know what? 
project managers have to know without an enthusiastic, engaged group of people, they're not going to get, I mean, they're the ones that do the work. And then value, is the project headed in the right direction to provide value to the customer, to the organization, or did we allow scope creep to take over and the project ended up being some monstrosity that we never wanted in the first place? And there's a lot of research around the fact that about 50% of projects could turn out uh, being not what it meant to be and not providing the value that it does. So it's a very big principle in today's world of project management. No question about it. Again, we're chatting with co-author of Project Management for the unofficial project manager. That's Corey Kogan. Really enjoying this conversation. Fascinating. Um, and, uh, and, and again, we've talked about the, uh, the projects, the 65% of projects that fail each year. We've talked about effective project management. And I have to say that this book is uh, blending the best practices of the agile and waterfall project management methods. So let's, uh, demystify that for our listeners. What are uh, those, uh, the agile and waterfall project management? And why is it important to have a blend of these two as you're overseeing a project? So waterfall is very simply, if you think about building a bridge or a house, it's very, um, uh, you, you know, the steps follow. You have to pour the foundation, you have to dig a hole, you have to build, you know, do the foundation, then you do the next piece, the next, you can tell I'm not in construction. Uh, so there's really no creativity to say, no, let's go a different direction with the house. That's waterfall. Um, agile is more of the software world now where we're building something in the cloud and you've all heard scrum, sprints, stuff like that. And we get customer requirements. We do a few things. We check in with the client. They go, nah, let's go in a different direction. Let's do this. And along the way, we're doing pieces and sprinting, if you will, and getting feedback along the way to ensure that we are providing value so that when we get to the finished product, the customer knows exactly what they're getting and it exactly meets their needs. Where in Waterfall, in the old days, projects um, could be done and think about scope creep and all that stuff, or as we're going, things get added because people wanted to, whatever, and you deliver, but there's no feedback, and you deliver the project, and people go, that's not what I wanted. So, but there's a, the best of both worlds because unofficial project managers work on marketing campaigns. They work on putting podcasts together. They work on learning programs, all of those kinds of things. And so a little bit of both. There are steps along the way that we need to follow, but we need to get good feedback along the way and be agile about it to make sure that we are meeting customers' needs. So a little bit of both goes a long way in the unofficial project world today. No question about it. And again, as we said earlier, project manager may not be your official title uh, and it might not be in your job description, but ultimately project management, as you've been hearing from Corey Cogan, is certainly uh, among the keys to innovation. Um, but the other key to innovation uh, with all the best uh, tactics and techniques in the world is all about people. And we all work with colleagues and we all work with stakeholders that all play an important role. And I know you don't ignore those aspects. In fact, they're a key part of project management, how do we engage and inspire colleagues to want to be part of the plan that we've set in place? 
Well, again, a big, hunky question that you're asking there, <laughs> because, you know, keep in mind, just before I answer that, there's a lot of people who are managing projects that never wanted to be in leadership in the first place. It's like, just, look, just let me be in my office and do the work. And then, but you can't get away from it. If you're managing a project, you're usually managing people. And so, yeah, so, and, and you have to have informal authority. You have to inspire people. You can't beat them up anymore to do the work right? So we've taken, you know, there's a million leadership programs out there, including from us. We've said, you know what, under these conditions, 80-20 rule, if we just take five behaviors that are part of a bigger set of behaviors, and if you get really good at that, you will inspire people to want to play on your team and want to win. And they are as follows. Number one, demonstrate respect. Number two, listen first clarify expectations, extend trust, and practice accountability. Now, you may say, well, my parents taught me those kinds of things or that. Yes. And I'll tell you what, and again, I'm a scarred unofficial project manager and a longtime, you know, executive leader demonstrating from New York City and demonstrating respect and listening first when I'm under pressure. Honestly, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it can be really hard, particularly the listening part. And so it takes a lot of discipline to do these things well. And if you can under Mm -hmm. pressure, you're in good shape. And that's how you inspire people. Absolutely. Love the conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. But today only, I hope to bring you back on real soon. Corey Gogan, co-author of Project Management for the Unofficial Project Manager and Franklin Covey, expert and VP of Content Development. Corey, how can we get in touch with you and uh, most importantly, find a copy of this great book? Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn, easy enough. Uh, and the book is uh, on Amazon and all the other, um, you know, book sellers. And you can always go to www.franklincovey.com, uh, where we have uh, not only the books, but we're well known for the associated uh, workshops as well. Absolutely, Corey. We'll link in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us. A quick break on Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I love learning from amazing people in industry that are doing awesome things, and that's exactly what TJ Murphy. He's a marketing leader, most recently as the founder and CEO of Height Digital in Bend, Oregon, where he and his team help business owners solve complex problems and create more freedom in their lives. TJ Murphy, welcome to the program. Hey, Shalom. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. I know... Um, Beyond the business side of things, you've got a lot of hobbies as well. Avid skier, mountain biker, rock climber, and uh, sounds like you just love all things adventure and travel. Uh, And of course, married to your high school sweetheart um, and live in Bend, Oregon. So when did you catch that entrepreneurship bug? Yeah. So out of college, I I went down to the Bay Area and started my corporate nine to five grind. And you know, quickly found out that 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 wasn't for me. We We were living in Oakland at the time, big city life getting burned out on the the corporate trajectory we were on. So my wife and I did some soul searching. We decided to to leave that all behind and ended up traveling through Southeast Asia for about a year and a half. And during that time, I was meeting all these digital nomads, people that were starting and scaling businesses. And it, it really lit the spark under me to intentionally build something that would allow me to help people from anywhere in the world and build something that would give me that location independence and financial freedom that that we were seeking. So... Fast forward seven years and, and here we are. We've been been rocking and rolling ever since. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, love to hear the uh, backgrounds of uh, amazing entrepreneurs. And you're passionate about entrepreneurship and passionate about helping helping others. So let's talk about Height Digital and um, 
and what you guys do. Yeah, so we're a we're a branding and marketing agency. We work primarily with local service-based businesses, not necessarily local to us. We work with clients coast to coast and we really help them to stand out in in what is becoming an ever crowded marketplace. You know, more and more companies are getting on the digital marketing train, are focusing on their brand, are creating more visibility. So, we really come in and serve as a partner to help be that guide and, and take the marketing hat off of a small business owner who, let's be real, that's not their their expertise, their forte or, or their passion and put on, on the heads of people that can really help them grow and be that trusted partner to, to get them from where they are now, build the bridge and help them reach their goals. Fantastic. Absolutely awesome. That's great. So um, you have, uh, I've heard you on a couple of different podcasts and I believe you have your, uh, you have your own, which I'm really curious about. Um, So what are some of the biggest things that you hear from fellow entrepreneurs, some of the biggest uh, pain points, if you will, that they're struggling with? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing that so many entrepreneurs struggle with, especially in the beginning is, you know, we all set out to, to build something that'll give us more freedom. But what often happens is, we end up just creating a job for ourselves, a, a cage that, that we're strapped to. And even if it's going well and you know, from an outside perspective, everything looks amazing. You're killing it. You're making a ton of money. What I find is that so many people get trapped in just spinning on that hamster wheel, wearing all the hats in their business, working in their business, not on their business. And that can lead to severe burnout. I know I was there myself, You know, rewind back a couple years so the biggest thing that I, I hear from entrepreneurs and I preach myself is really being intentional and designing your business around the outcome that you want on the back end and, and making sure that that's, that's coming into reality from the outset. It's not just a pipe dream waiting, you know, three, five, 10 years down the line. Absolutely. And I heard you talk on a very interesting topic and I, I just have to learn more about this. You, you talk about fire your boss Fridays. What does that mean? Oh yeah, so that was a the podcast that I was on was called Fire Your Boss Fridays and it was a great one. I mean the the whole concept is is breaking away from the corporate 9 to 5 grind and and building something in the you know in the interim while you still have safety in a in a 9 to 5 W2 paycheck but building something that can then become your full-time thing. So going from side hustle to something that's going to be able to help you create freedom and stability and and financial independence for you and your family. Absolutely. I love it. And so I know you and your team at, uh, at Height Digital, I know you are uh, involved in so many great things, uh, inspiring entrepreneurship. And uh, we only have time for uh, about one more minute. I do want to talk about the latest trends in marketing. What's, yeah. uh, what, what are you seeing out there in 2024? Yeah, so we'd be be naive if we weren't talking about AI, right? So oh, yeah. the the emergence of of AI in in our workflows and and how we go about developing strategy, developing campaigns, developing content, you know, this is something that I'm telling everybody if if you haven't, you know, created a ChatGPT account, if you haven't played around with with Gemini, you haven't used text to image creation software, now is the time to just start you know, slowly getting familiar with these interfaces, learning how to use these tools to, well, A, just do research and and find information that would normally take you a lot longer, but B, starting to get familiar with it so you can create workflows and in, in everything from, you know, what you do in your personal life. My wife and I use it for meal planning and and looking at the nutritional value of the meals that we're creating. But in the business side of things, man, even even a small local business, there's so many things that you can use ChatGPT or other AI software for 
to give yourself more freedom, to give you that time back. And in a lot of cases, just do things a lot more effectively and, and create better quality in the long run. So getting involved now, while it's still early, is going to help you stay on top of what's happening, but also not get left behind by your competition. Fantastic. Well, that's all we have time for. I can't wait to bring you back on. I don't want to share all the secrets with uh, with our listeners. I want them to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, so you can find me. I've got a personal brand website, Linktree. It's tjmurphy.me. You'll find links to the podcast, Height Digital, all my social media is on there. Um, really easy to find. You can also just search me, TJ Murphy. TJ Murphy, I know you're all over on social media. We'll make sure to link in our show notes as well. That's a wrap for us here. We'll be right back in just a moment on Get Down to Business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Mary Mathis of Latinarific. Latinarific is leading a disruptive movement to make financial literacy and wellness popular and relevant for Latino Americans, empowering this community with financial knowledge to build legacy businesses and lasting communities. They're creating a ripple effect on prosperity and wellness across our country. Mary Mathis, welcome to the program. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Shalom, for having me. Absolutely. So, Mary, when we started talking offline, you told me that you are uh, Latinarific, which is great. But uh, I want to learn more about you and uh, can't wait to hear a little bit more about what Latinarific is all about. Sure. So I am a serial entrepreneur, dual national. I'm an American citizen and an Australian citizen that spent 14 years in the Pacific Rim and understanding the challenges of navigating more than one culture. I grew up in Miami. I worked in New York. I went to the Pacific Rim and I I had offices in Perth, Western Australia, in Bali and in Malaysia. And when I came back to the United States, I really valued the cultural contribution that Latinos had made to my place where I had grown up, which was Miami. And I also understood as a marketer, the value of the fastest growing demographic in the United States. You've got 67.3 million Latinos in the United States, half of whom are Latinos, with a GDP that's the fifth largest in the world, larger than India uh, and France. So I recognized that there was an opportunity, and yet this was an underserved community. So I made a commitment to really focus on this, and I'm a great believer in the empowerment of women. So I made a commitment to really support Latina women, and particularly Latina entrepreneurs, on their journey. Incredible. So, I mean, that's quite the uh, quite the background. Uh, honestly, blows me away. And so Latinarific, uh, yeah, first of all, I love the name. Where did that name come, uh, come from? And uh, tell us the uh, very brief genesis and, uh, and, and storyline behind, uh, behind the organization. Yeah, so I always have been a little bit ahead of my time. I got involved in streaming media in 2001, and we launched internet television stations before bandwidth was really understood. So I might as well have been a Martian with three heads. And then I launched an internet television company focused on the Hispanic market called Mensaje TV. And I had to teach people that one, streaming media was going to happen, that we were going to watch video over the internet. And two, the Hispanic market was important. Well, that was hard. We almost got acquired by a major Hispanic television station, but almost got acquired doesn't count. 
So I finally wanted to have something that I didn't have to explain what it was. And Latina Rific came to me in a dream. And I thought, you know what? I can just tell people this is Latina Rific. And they say, oh, I get it. I want to be a part of it, even if they don't know exactly what it does. And so um, we've been around for a while. And it's been in the last year and a half that we've really focused on the need for financial literacy and financial wellness. We know that there's a direct connection between financial wellness and physical health. And so it's a commitment, quite frankly, to boosting the overall economy with this passionate group of people, of women, who have fled corporate America in droves for lots of reasons and are starting their own businesses. It's the fastest growing small business segment in the United States today. And we've talked a lot about Latina entrepreneurs on this program previously um, and I'm, I'm really curious if you have any ant- antidotes uh, about some of the uh, some of the ladies that you've been able to assist. Well, it's interesting because we did a very interesting um, market research. The Latina Rific Intelligence Lab did a market research report on Latinas in corporate America, and that was heartbreaking. It was one of the most emotionally moving uh, exercises I've ever done. And so many of those women, you know, we ended up every focus group in tears. So many of those women vowed to be leaving corporate America for a variety of reasons. And the passion they have for starting their own businesses is incredible. One of the things that we did was that it's a little weird, but that's me. Um, We hosted a retreat. So our focus is on health, mindset, storytelling, and, and entrepreneurship. We hosted a retreat where we had Ayurvedic cooking, um, a few physical exercises. We had um, an exercise in public speaking to gain confidence. And then we videotaped each woman telling her story, her entrepreneurial story. And we cataloged those, gave each woman a, a video. And we also collected 52 stories over a year, one story a week about challenges and overcoming success. So I think in building a community that shares stories that you can learn from each other and network is a vital part of our work. Amazing. Absolutely fantastic. So I hear that you are actively looking for nominations for your inaugural Latinorific Award. Tell us a little bit more about that, who's eligible to be nominated, and how can people nominate? I wanted to add one thing to the last section. We also create short-form video content um, that supplies what we call FinFacts. So it's financial information that you can grab in a small bite. We distribute that through banks and financial institutions to share to their Latino communities. The awards, we declared Latina uh, 2024 the Latina Rific Year of the Entrepreneur, the Year of the Latina Entrepreneur. And there are four categories. There's the Latina Entrepreneur of over 25 employees, that's an enterprise entrepreneur, entrepreneurs in finance, entrepreneurs in health and wellness, and the small business entrepreneur of under 25 employees. Amazing. Well, uh, that's the Latinorific, uh, again, awards. We're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. We're going to continue our conversation all about Latinorific, all about the Latinorific awards. When we come back after the break, we're also going to talk about, so you want to be an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about a great program. Again, coming up at quick break. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) 
and we are back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Thrilled to be rejoined by Mary Mathis of Latina Rific. We've talked all about Latina Rific's great work. We've talked about Mary's background, which, by the way, is fascinating. And we've talked about some of the uh, some of the resources and some of the assistance that's being provided to Latina women, uh, Latina entrepreneurs. Um, and we've talked about the Latina Rific Award. So just before the break, I did mention a fantastic masterclass coming up. So you want to be an entrepreneur. Mary, welcome back. Tell us a little bit about the plans for this upcoming spring. We have a downloadable CFO is what we call her. Her name is Soledad Tanner. She is a Swiss, German, Ecuadorian, American, Latina with a master's in international business. And we partnered with her to create a masterclass for Latina entrepreneurs in English and in Spanish. Actually, it's for any entrepreneur, but we wanted to make it culturally nuanced. And it's really giving you the financial basics for how to plan your business, manage your business, grow your business, and scale it to be an entrepreneur. We also included mindset because mindset is a very important part of being a successful entrepreneur. It's two and a half hours long in seven modules with 12 worksheets, and it sits on a learning management system so you can take it at your own pace. And we're very excited to be launching that now. Mary, you are a bundle of energy. And uh, again, the work that you're doing in supporting both the Latino community, but really impacting globally. And uh, every entrepreneur that's out there is incredible. So many great programs. Um, And in fact, you have yet another exciting announcement with a new book that's coming out. When is this book coming out? What's it all about? What's it called? And, uh, And tell us everything we need to know. It's a coffee table book. And Soledad and I are writing it together, and it's called Pearls of Wisdom. And it really comes from our insights and our years of researching what makes a successful entrepreneur and learning from other luminaries um, about some of the guidance that you need. We've divided it into three sections. So there's wealth building, the finance section. There is mindset And then there is health, because we know of the relationship between wealth and health on the road to financial freedom. It's a coffee table book, so it's a pretty book. The three sections are short to read because everyone has the uh, attention span of a goldfish. We've tried to keep those sections, each page, to 300 words or less. So you can read it, get inspired. There's some advice from luminaries. There's There's Each one starts with a quote a question, some information, and a call to action. Well, inspired I am. Inspired I am. Everything uh, Latina. I'll send you a copy, Shalom. I I can't wait to have it. Fantastic. It will absolutely be at my coffee table. Um, Well, uh, again, Mary Mathis, Latina Rific. I've learned so much, and honestly, I'm inspired by everything uh, that you have done, that you are doing, and that you are continuing to do. And a call to action. You just said those words, so a perfect segue. Um, What is the call to action over here? How can people get in touch with you, learn more about Latina Rific, learn more about the awards, learn more about the masterclass, learn more about the books? How can we get in touch with you and your team? Uh, There's always the website, www.latinorific.com. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, and in LinkedIn, both my personal account as well as the Latino Rific account. And you're welcome to email me directly or my team directly at info at latinorific.com. Latina, L-A-T-I-N-A-R-R-I-F-I-C, like latinaterrific.com. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Mary Mathis, for joining us. We'll be sure to link in our show notes as well. And believe it or not, that's a wrap for us this week on Get Down to Business. We've had a jam-packed show with amazing entrepreneurs, amazing leaders teaching us. Remember, you can always get on my website, sykline.com. And of course, go on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share. And check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali, independent agent for... Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and for everything health insurance and the Affordable Care Act, you can call them 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, or visit his website, healthplanchicago.com. And again, that's a wrap for us this week on Get Down to Business. Make sure you tune in next Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on AM560, The Answer, or wherever podcasts can be found. To success, let's get down to business.